Hey guys, today on the podcast I had Chef Corey Bidwell from The Hatch, located in Paso Robles. Uh, we had a great time talking about, you know, how he got started, the things he likes to cook, some of The Hatch's specialties, what they're known for, their craft cocktails. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Stay tuned after the episode because Chef Corey invited me into his kitchen and we break down how to make some artichokes, which are super simple very very easy to get acclimated to not as intimidating as most people think so stay tuned for that we had a lot of fun and i hope you all enjoy it thanks guys i'm here with my guest you know Corey bidwill and we're here at the hatch on 13th street and castle robles hi Corey, how's it going man good very good yeah uh Rainy day here in Paso Robles, and uh, you know we're loving it. Um, busy night, and uh, yeah, I mean, and uh, like we were kind of just talking about rain. It's pretty much a special occasion out here. Most people don't uh, don't see it too often, especially when you live here. Like I was kind of saying, uh, lived here for a while. Uh, so just give us a kind of a brief, you know, overlay about you know what you do here. And uh, yeah, so I've been here at the Hatch. Um, about a year, um, you know, I've known Eric and Maggie, the owners here, for a really long time. We go back almost 10 years. We worked, I'd worked together with uh, Eric at a previous restaurant, and, uh, you know, I'd kind of, we'd been in touch over the years, and friends, and, uh, you know, I was kind of, we were in talks when he had opened, opened up the hatch, but I wasn't part of the opening, and, uh, you know, the cards as they would and then you know a couple years later I ended up here you know I'm always been friends with Eric and so uh, yeah I'm here now I'm the executive chef uh, have been for the last year and it's going great things are going good yeah yeah we had like our you know I'm gonna say definitely cover count busiest year um, you know the books will tell at the end of the year if that's gonna be our busiest year uh, financially but uh, yeah it's been rocking and rolling all year round you know, we don't really see peaks and valleys. It's not really a seasonal marketplace here at the, here at the Hatch. And, uh, you know, we're blessed for that. Yeah. A lot of it is keeping it is. up. We're open seven days a week. And so it's just always kind of, it's always rolling. So just real quick, I don't want to talk too much uh, Hatch pre-Cory, pre because I'm, you know, here obviously, you know, to see you. Sure. Chef's talking chop. But uh, how long has Hatch been open? Well, like four and a half years. Four and a half? Oh, man. Yeah. So they're doing, I think, June... June 15th, I think, is their opening date. So that was the four-year anniversary? Yeah, that was the four-year anniversary. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to talk about that before, after, you know, it's like, it's kind of cool to see how things, you know, reveal themselves and how they, you know, how they end up. You know? yeah. It's like, you know, I can't take all the credit for what the patch is, you know, it's like I'm part of a, you know, a good company now, and I'm just here to, you know, make it efficient, make it effective, make it better. And that's kind yeah. of like, you know, that's, that was my main goal of joining so with um, us kind of talking about about the hatch, what would be like your like pitch about the place, like your elevator pitch? Like what's our well the yeah the stick that we go with is wood fire comfort food. Okay. Um, you know within that you know I've since I've come on I've kind of played within the realm of Americana, which goes from classic things from lemon meringue pie, you know to more southern things like fried green tomatoes. You know I'm kind of 
kind of identifying with the, with the southern flair, which is just a fun uh, cuisine to play around in that I've never really, um, I've never really played around in before, but you know, we do fried chicken and then the Americana again. We have a meatloaf on the menu, it's been on since day one. Uh, but within that, we play around with California ingredients and that kind of stuff, which kind of dictates what makes it. So the, now, you touched on the meatloaf. So the meat, I don't know if anybody, you guys never had meatloaf, but you guys need to come out for the hats with meatloaf. So where did, do you know where that came from? Because you, like you said, it's been on the menu since day one, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the first chef that opened it up and had a funny story about it being his mother's recipe, but I didn't know, you know, from me knowing <laughs> what the ingredients yeah. are, I don't think it was. But, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's relatively basic, you know, we put our house ketchup on it, which is a pretty unique ketchup. It's got a lot of pizzazz, I guess. It's got a lot of spice, a lot of uh, a lot of flavor, but, you know, in the basis of the meatloaf, you're looking at ground meat, some eggs, breadcrumb, you know, cheese, those kinds of things. Um, you know, we put ground bacon in ours, which helps it out, okay. you know, so you get that nice. smokiness of it. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been on the menu. It's, it's always a number one hit. And when I came on board, that was one of the untouchable items that, you know. That, that was kind of in the contract. Yeah, just, yeah. There's a handful like, hey, of things on there that are, that are like, they have to stay. And so within that realm, I get to play. Okay. You know, but uh, yeah, people love it. You know, it's it, it, it gives an option for those people that want to come in and have, you know, something simple, something that's familiar, something that's not incredibly expensive, you know, yeah. that... Uh, I mean, it still comes with that soft poached egg on the top. Yeah, right? and it's got a poached egg on top of it, yeah, too. I mean, so that adds a little bit to the dish, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know what it is about... about well, I came up... My my early beginnings were from, as I mentioned here, are, is in a, like a breakfast cafe. My dad actually owns uh, a breakfast cafe. He's been run owner-operator for 12 years or so now. Uh, so I don't know if it's that that makes me really love eggs, but there's something about putting an egg on a burger, putting an egg <laughs> on meatloaf. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's egg yeah. pizza, man, you know. <laughs> I mean, the egg yolk is the sauce that, you know, humans could never recreate. You know, that's yeah. just, that's, that's, that's the sauce that, that Mother Nature provides. And so, you know, from that, its complexity is, you know, unreplicable, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's been, eggs on things has become more trendy in the last 10 years or whatever. But, um, but that's the reason why. It's delicious. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, is there, like, some common myths or like misnomers about southern food or about what you guys do here that you kind of would want to... Um, let me see, I don't know, you know, misnomers. I don't know, southern food is, uh, you know, considered, you know, healthy, unhealthy or greasy and these kinds of things, you know, stick okay. to your ribs kind of stuff. Um, and I don't know if we're necessarily associated with that, but we have, you know, we have a little bit of both. Because we're in California, it would be foolish not to use the bounty of vegetables and such that we have at our yes, disposal, especially so, where we are. Yeah, and so like on our menu, we offer a little bit of both. There, you know, since you know my style of cooking is very vegetable heavy, and I love to play around with vegetables, especially with wood fire and that kind of stuff, give people a take on wood fire vegetables, something they might might not have seen before. And so, you know, we do have some stick to your rib stuff. We're talking about meat, we're talking about fried chicken, you know, yeah. but at the same time we have, you know, we have roasted beef dish, we have artichokes, and, you know, we have roasted carrots right now is on, on the menu. So, you know, I like to have those options for people that want to come multiple times a week that don't want to, you know, that aren't going to feel like they're overindulgent or something yeah, like that. Yeah, because you 
because you can't really, you know, just chow down fried chicken every day. Yeah, no, as much as some of us would like to. Oh, uh, I know. Yeah, I don't know yeah. That's what that works. <laughs> but if I could have a meatloaf with an egg on it every day, I'd probably do that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't you know. gotta wheelbarrow me out of here. But... <laughs> yeah, totally. I get it. Um, I don't know, you know, I don't really, I don't know if there's misnomers that, uh, you know, people say. I try not to, you know, I try not to pay too much attention to what is said and what may or may not be true, but, uh, you know, what I can say is that we have a killer cocktail list and, you know, we're our, our food, I think, is, you know, just the same, and so that just keeps the place back. Are there, are there some things that people sometimes overlook when we come, like that? Don't don't get enough shine like the roasted carrots. Sure, yeah, the roasted carrots are the dish. You know, there's always like a there's always a wild card vegetable dish that I throw in there um, that I think is fun and it's usually hyper seasonal. You know, right now carrots aren't hyper seasonal, but like it's a root vegetable, it's winter, it's that kind yeah. of thing. You know, before that it was we did a lote, it was like a street corn deal. Oh, nice. Um, but there's always that vegetable dish that people are like, eh, I'm not too sure about. Like with my with the carrots right now, we do like a tahini yogurt and sumac, okay. and so some unfamiliar ingredients, you know. And so I, I get excited when people when people order those kinds of things, um, you know, just to try it out. But you know, not everybody comes in to be adventurous. Not everybody comes no, in to be yeah. educated. I don't expect that from people, but some people do want to come in for that, you know, try something they've never tried before. Uh, on that note, we just started serving um, chicken backs. Okay. So we rotisserie chicken uh, every day, and that's always on our menu until we run out. And so what we've been, you know, I was saving, we basically have to have the chicken, and to do that you have to cut it down the back. Yeah, you gotta kind of so, cut the spine out, right? Cut the spine out, yeah. right. And so we were using the spines for stock and things like that, taking them I was eating them, you know, and so uh, early in the summer I was like, you know, I'm just gonna try to, let's see if we can special these out, and see okay. if people can sell it, you know. And so they're, you know, they're like nine bucks or something like that. And so I made them like a bar snack, you know. So we do the chicken backs. They're smoky. They're rotisserie. They're delicious. And then we like flash fry them, which like crisps the skin on it. And we serve with like hot sauce and pickles. Okay. Which is like a really fun dish. And, you know, it's got good reception. You know, better than I thought it was going yeah. to. Yeah. And sometime. is it finger foodie? Like yeah. you can... Okay. Yeah. It's basically like a rib. Oh, yeah. Really? There's not very much meat on it, but, you know, there are some decadent pieces of the chicken that lie along the back. Like the, the oyster. The, well, yeah, that's what I was about to bring up. Yeah. Is, you know, is the oyster still on? Yeah, the so back? the oyster's on it, and then there's neck meat, and then there's other meat that runs down the back. And so, you know, I was like, you know, it's kind of a shot in the dark, but like, people been getting it, and people like it, and it's like, I, I do it like, you know, I would want to eat it vinegary and spicy. You know, yeah. Hot sauce, hot sauce, which our hot sauce is awesome, and then, you know, pickles and a bunch of salt. So. Yeah. I mean, those are, those are some of my go-tos. I mean, yeah. make, you make my mouth water just talking yeah, about this totally. food so, right now. Yeah, they're, uh, they're really fun. That's something that, you know, people have been hesitant to try. And I've had a couple of people that didn't like it, but, uh, you know, I thought it would be fun and it's got a good reception. Yeah. How do, um, do you have any advice on how do people to handle criticism like that? Like when somebody doesn't like something they put out? I mean, it's not something that I, on, on a, another interview, we were talking about Yelp reviews and how, like, you know, sometimes you take them the wrong way. Do you have any, uh, like, how to handle those? So, yeah, I mean, I have a theory on, on Yelp and those kinds of things, but I don't want to get too deep into it. But, you know, as a chef and as, like, a, I mean, I'll talk about it, but as a chef and as, like, a, you know, what some people would consider an artist, um, you know, you can't pay too much heed to all of it, right? And so if you pay too much heed to what you hear on, on Yelp review and criticism of people all the time, you would... I mean, I can only speak for myself, I feel like 
you know, my creativity would kind of diminish. Diminish. Right? You well, know? I'm not trying to lead you into that, but that's what I would think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's exactly yeah. what I was gonna say. You know, it's like you know, I've worked in this industry for you know almost 18 years, and so it's like. I have to believe that with my training and with all that, that you know, for the most part, I'm confident in what I'm doing. And if somebody doesn't like that, that's okay. Yeah. You know, I don't expect everybody to like everything. And so, you know, what I look for are trends. You know, if something comes up multiple times, and people, you know, people, it's a constant. You know, people are talking about the same thing, and there's a trend there, and it's like, okay, you know, maybe that's not fitting mine. Yeah. But you know, for the most part, you know, as a creative director of a company, you know, it's like. You want to hear what people are saying, but you only pay so much heed to that. And you know, in my career, it's kind of up and down. You know, sometimes, sometimes the blows are heavy. You know, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like, dang, am I doing the right thing here? You know, but at the same time, you have to be persistent. You have to be resilient. You have to believe in what you know. You know, I believe in what I'm doing, and my training is good. Yeah, yeah. tasteful. Yeah. <laughs> you got to believe what you're putting up to yeah. an extent. And For sure, you know, and that you have to be confident in that, you know. Chefs require a lot of confidence to yeah. to feed thousands and thousands of people. Yeah, especially because yeah. people are coming and they're paying money for for something you're put out there. That could be a stressful interaction, you know. Oh, absolutely. You they're paying for something that you create, yeah. and essentially you and your team are responsible for for executing. For you know, yeah. so that that can definitely be a, a stressful uh, situation, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, I've just been talking a little bit about that, like, you know, the restaurant industry is incredibly difficult, you know, I don't think that the benefits, you know, I don't think that restaurants are necessarily designed for success, you know, yeah. it's like, it's like literally trying to please everybody, Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I say about that, it's like, you know, the, just the, the idea of trying to please one person is so incredibly difficult, you know, and then to please you know, ten or thousand or hundred of people, you know, yeah. hundreds of people on a regular basis, it's like odds aren't with you. No, no, <laughs> you know? no, no. And so you have to put your best foot forward and believe what you're doing is right and that for the most part people are gonna be happy. Yeah. I mean in the low ball, I mean you gotta think that if you're doing you know, you've been successful for a year Say lowball, you guys are doing a hundred covers a night. I don't know if that's oh, that's way too low. Oh yeah, so <laughs> even then, even at that, that's about seven hundred to a thousand people a, a week. week. That's you know that's a lot of people to please. So oh, yeah. I, and if you're not getting, if people are still coming, you obviously you know you're, you're batting batting pretty well. Batting you know? well. You're, you're you're hitting percentage percentages up there. Do you have any advice for any other like people who are trying to start like this type of business or trying to get into cooking <laughs> like specifically? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, so, you know, in my position, I have a lot of people that come in, you know, that have never done it before in the kitchen and things like that, and, okay. like, you know, that's, that could be a really long conversation. It's like, it, you know, it goes into, like, the uh, stardom of, you know, Food Network and that whole thing, you know, it's like what I feel like reality chefs and that kind of thing brought to this industry is, like, this huge stardom, which is great, you know, it was great at kind of made being a chef like a celebrity. Glorified. Yeah, glorified yeah, position. Um, and so, you know, in that, you know, I was cooking before before school and then like it got cool and I'm like, sweet, I'm you know, I'm already in it. And yeah. then uh, you know, and then it's kind of, you know, it's got certain things along the way, you know. Um, and what uh, you know what I wind up telling people that are in that are in the kitchen with me, it's like, you know, you gotta put in the work, you know, and whether that's going to culinary school and learning all the fundamentals along the way or 
you know, or it's just being in the industry for a long time, it's working your way up, it's, you know, treating your steward the way you treat your deck and chef, it's, it's uh, just putting in the work, you know, listen, find the right, you know, work, work in the right places, read the right books, and just, you know, put your head down and work, you know, that's, that's all I can claim that I've done, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. somehow, you know, one way or the other, you pick up so much along the way, uh, you know, you, you try, you fail, you succeed in so many different ways, and then, uh, you know, at some point, somebody recognizes somebody, you know, they want you to invent you, you know, at the head of their team. Yeah. That's, you know, that's, that's my story. That's a, that's <laughs> a, that's a, like a great, that's like a blessing, like when somebody wants to put you, you know, at the head of the team, that's yeah. a, a huge compliment, is what I meant, like not, not so much a blessing, that's a huge compliment on, on you as a, as a as a chef and you know what you're actually bringing to the table for sure. so, as a person as well, yeah as entirely a person. you know it's so like, you kind of said that you have new people what's the first thing that you, you do if you have a new guy i have a new person massaging today yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah and so you know it, it really depends on experience you know i can tell right away first first thing i do with people i have them come and work with me in the kitchen for six hours on they sign a contract yeah. and this kind of thing you know and it's like Resumes only go so far. Conversations I have with people only go so far. Like the only thing that matters is what you can do in the kitchen and how you how you measure things. Yeah. Um, and so, ideally, you know, with a very new person, I would start them in our garbage station, which is like a cold cold salad appetizer um, station, mixed with a little bit of pastry, some like you know less intense, you know less liabilities. You're not dealing with fire, really. You're not dealing yeah. with you know, potentially burning yourself, those kind of things. Uh, you know, and it all starts, you know, it all starts with learning how to, you know, dress salads and make them pretty and be delicate, you know. It starts with, like, this delicate area of garmage, and that's, like, for me, one of my favorite positions because it shows, you know, it shows finesse, it shows grace. If you can, like, treat vegetables, um, you know, the way they should be treated, which is delicately and, yeah. and you know, softly handled, and then, like, from there, you move probably, and this is like all the hierarchy of French cooking as okay. well. I don't know how familiar you are with that, but that's this is the hierarchy. And then it moves into something more more blunt and intense, like like saute or something, you know, okay. something hot where you're, where you're moving fast. It's with saute, just, would you, you would do saute before grilled? Yeah, yeah. probably. Okay. Um, so Especially with the wood fire, I imagine sure. it adds another element of. Yeah, you think like grill, um, I'm thinking, you know, classically you're dealing with more proteins, like 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 meat temperatures and okay. those kinds of things. And so saute is a mixture of vegetables and proteins and pastas and those kinds of things, which are, you know, I'm not going to say less delicate or anything like that, but, um, you know, it's a blend of things. But, you know, working with saute pans and fire, those kinds of things, it's a... Uh, Navigating a time management organization and those kinds yeah. of things, and then from there, you know, you go up to grill, and like, you know, somewhere in between there, I get people on like heavy prep regimen, you know, where that's where you start understanding the why and the how and like all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of the uh, the path that I would hope people yeah. come into my kitchen um, would take. I, I I agree. Like normally, I would start somebody on garbage or pantry, you know, whatever whatever type of restaurant you're in, because you kind of you kind of touched on it, but like garmage, you gotta be, you gotta be quick and delicate. Like you have to be. That's where you like kind of learn the amounts really matter, and 
you gotta be delicate on the way you set things up because the salad's gotta go out above all. I mean, it's gotta be the right quantities with everything in there. The vegetables gotta be handled properly and then it's gotta be plated right. Because, I mean, you can just put a mound of lettuce on a on a plate and try to send it out, but it's not. Yeah. That doesn't, that doesn't, that's not the love that, yeah. that it really deserves. Yeah, and like, yeah, you know, like I was saying with the people that were in the kitchen that are stodging and what, I figured that out real quick, you know, and not to say they make the cut or don't make the cut, you know, there's people that have some more, you know, they're talented in one way or the other, and, you know, sometimes they can find, um, you know, positions for them different ways. You know, some people just aren't delicate. Yeah. I mean, yeah, some people got bigger hands. It just doesn't work. You can't get them on garbage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've, I've definitely had that. And then there's, especially when you're in like a quaint kitchen, and I would say at the very minimum, you guys have a quaint, you know, very quaint kitchen. There's a, there's like a dance yeah. that, that's going on in there. Yeah. Uh, and some people, they, they like stumble over their feet a little bit, especially in tight spots like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it just reminds, it reminds me of, you know, don't, don't trust a, a skinny chef kind of deal, but like, working as a chef in a kitchen is, is, is an athletic event. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's like, you know, yeah, I, I, you know, there's people of all different shapes and sizes, I mean, you know, in, in kitchens, but, you know, to, to be able to function and maneuver, it's like, it's a workout, you know, yeah. it'll, it'll keep you fit, and, uh, yeah, and like working in small small spaces, it's, you know, you work with people for a while, you figure out the dynamics, you know, it's like, you know, perception, you know, of, of space around you and those kind of things just come with time, they come with practice, uh, they come with working with certain people for a long time, you know, you can kind of anticipate the next move and those kinds of things. Uh, but yeah, new people in the kitchen, I just tell them to not be unpredictable, you know. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you just do what you're going to do and I'll work around too. Yeah, and, just exactly. Like if, just communicate to me like kind of what you're doing and, and don't stay the course like yeah. stay the course of what you're doing yeah. and I'll, I'll dance around you yeah, and we'll, sure. we'll, we'll bring this together yeah. but if you start jumping and yeah yeah you know, I think it's problematic yeah <laughs> uh do you have any like hurdles that you personally face that you could you know kind of think of off the top of your head oh sure yeah I mean yeah I think uh I mean a hurdles hurdles is you know, people's, people's story of their life, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, everybody's got hurdles and those kinds of things. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, my, you know, my whole career is hurdles. I think for a lot of chefs, their career are, are hurdles, you know, it's like, you know, where did you succeed, where did you fail, what did you learn from that? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, people wind up in the in kitchens and stuff. I mean, I can't speak for everybody, you know, but, you know, part of my story is, like, you know, a hurdle. It's, like, where do you, you know, where, I started at a young age, you know, I started thinking about, like, where am I going to land? How am I going to be successful? Like, you know, what what do I need? What what, what gives me what I need? Which, you know, is, is money, is, you know, my time occupied, uh, is a creative outlet, you know, what are those things I need? And so it was, like, you know, I found myself in a kitchen, and it was, for some other reasons that I found myself in the kitchen, but, you know, hurdles of that, you know, it's like, you wash dishes or this kind of thing, and you're like, you know, is this where I want to be, you know, and then, you know, and then you move on to a restaurant, you know, up to a kitchen job and this kind of things, and, you know, for me, I had, I'd worked in restaurants since I was 14 years old, and then, 
I'd moved, I'd moved away from my hometown, which is Redding, California, okay. far up north, and I moved down here. Shout out to Redding. Shout out to Redding there. <laughs> Lovely place to be from. Um, so, uh, you know, and then, you, and then I wound up down here with, you know, without a job, and like, you know, do I want to go to school? What's, what's you know, a hurdle? That would be like, what am I going to, existential crisis, what am I going to do with yeah. my life, you know? Um, and, you know, along the way, you lose people, you lose friends, you lose family, and these kinds of things in this pursuit of, you know, in my case, what what are my needs? Are my needs being satisfied? Do, am, I, am I satisfied with my career? Am I making enough money to survive? Um, you know, am I, am I doing the right thing? You know, yeah. what is meant for me? And so, you know, I'd gone to school for a really long time, and I kind of always worked through, uh, worked and paid my way to college. Um, do Cuesta and Cal Poly, and then, you know, I'd always held a restaurant job, and then, you know, you get to a point of where somebody's, you know, willing to invest in you, and like, you know what, I want to do this thing together, and so, um, you know, another hurdle, I would say, you know, you, you pick one route, you know, and I chose to open up a restaurant and be a detective chef, and do these kinds of things, and kind of sacrifice um, everything really, but you know, a school, yeah, a school yeah. career, yeah. you know, all of my time, friends, family, you know, loved ones, those kinds of things, uh, in this pursuit of this thing that, you know, satisfied what I, at that point, you know, thought, you know, think are my needs, you know, and so, yeah, there's just a ton of hurdles in this industry, you know, and I think people that are good at navigating hurdles and thriving in chaos, typically thrive in restaurants. Yeah, <laughs> you know? thriving in chaos is a, a very good way to put it, because it kind of is like controlled chaos. I mean, throughout throughout the dinner service, there's this like rush of going through it, and then you know you get to the end, and it's finally like, you have to go through something to appreciate the piece. You know, you have to go through some some hardness, and that's kind of like the services. You, yeah. And you appreciate when it's done, and you've succeeded very much at the end of every night. Sure, I mean, that's... You know, that's, that's, you know, I can only speak for myself, but like, you know, that's why I found myself in the restaurant. That's why, you know, I've made good friends in, you know, in the restaurant and hospitality industry. It's like, there's a lot of like-minded people that, you know, who, whatever their reasons are, thrive in this chaotic environment, yeah. you know, are good at managing stress, and, you know, seek out this, you know, more, you know, stress to thrive in. Yeah. You know, it's like the peaceful life that, um, you know, I, can say that I have at home now, you know, is, is necessary due to my career, uh, which is chaos, you yeah. know, but it's ideally controlled chaos and good and nourishing in yeah. some respects, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, with the whole, like, health boom as of recent and how, like, healthy is sexy as of late, like, I've been, you know, researching health a lot more in the more recent years of my life, especially more so than, than when I was 20. Yeah. When I was 20, everything that I was eating was just to make it, just because it was good, you know, and I would eat fried chicken and meatloaf every day <laughs> if I had it my way. Uh, but, like, there's this thing about, like, you, you uh, getting through stress, like, small stressors, it's actually really good for your body. Yeah. So that's why, like, people do cold showers, and that's why, like, people get in the sauna. And I can only, I mean, I don't know, but I can only imagine that, that there's something therapeutic about going and, you know, putting yourself through this, you know, controlled chaos, as we call it. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's, you know, you know, you, you, know, you, appreciate, you appreciate the path, you know, when you get to the destination. You yeah. know, it's like, but once you've done that so many times, you can see that this, you know, that this, that this path is going to ultimately lead to a destination, which, you know, 
99% of the time is successful, which is good. You know, and you just do your best to stay the course, you know, um, during the day. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and you know, you need to rest your mind, you need to rest your body and those kinds of things after. I mean, mental health and stuff in the kitchen is a crazy boom right now, you know, and it's important, you know. Yeah. Um, and I believe that's that yeah. Uh, is there anything that could be broad or specific that you wish that you knew now that you wish you knew when you started? <laughs> Maybe the twelve-hour days. Yeah. No. I mean, I've always, I've always liked hard work. You know, I've always worked in laborious um, jobs, and so for me, I appreciate labor. I like to sweat. I like to okay. work hard. Those kinds of things. Uh, yeah, I mean, the long days, the long days, uh, I expected to come at some point, you know, if I ever wanted to be at the head of uh, a kitchen or a restaurant or whatnot. Um, let's see, what else? Something that I want to know. Yeah, I mean... Going, not to, not to cut you off, going back to the controlled chaos, like I watched Pirates of the Caribbean last night, that's all I can think about. It's like... The executive chef in there, just in the store. I mean, that's kind of you're just on this boat, and you know, you got you got to keep every you just got to keep going and keep going to get yeah. I mean, to I, get through it. I guess something that I wish I would have realized. It's not that anybody could have told me, and I would have believed them. But like you know, the chef, chefs aren't invincible. You know, um, that's something that I realized in the last maybe four or five years that okay. like you know, there's a certain amount. You know, you're asked to be partially inhuman as you know, as the chef of a restaurant, and you know that. And uh, you know whatever it is, what you're managing in front of the house, the back of the house, these kinds of things. People expect you to be there first. They expect you to be there last. Oh, yeah. You know, you're oh, ultimately everything falls on you. You know, um, and for a long time, you know, I I considered myself to be this invincible being, and I could party all night, and I could you know I, I didn't have to sleep, and I could work all day. Right, you know? it <laughs> yeah, you know, if I would if I would have realized that a long time ago, you know, in my teen years, I'd probably have saved me some headaches. But you know, everybody comes around, yeah. with, you know, when they figured it out. <laughs> what um? So how how did you exactly get started? You know, cooking because you you kind of mentioned that you were cooking while you were going to school, and that you always. Yeah, um, job, so yeah, I got cooking, so when I was really young, probably before I was legal to work, I was like, same property, like working in timber, and I did some construction on jobs, and then uh, I think I was a freshman in high school, and I got a job washing dishes at an Italian joint up in Reading, and um, you know, like I said, there's a certain amount of tractability there, it was, it, it was chaos, you know, and that was like really attractive. So somebody like me, you know, um, and I was good at it. You know, I only washed dishes for maybe two months, and then they had pulled me out. And I, I'm not that I want to throw anybody under the bus, but they had started me legally before I was supposed to work there. And then, um, uh, and then the whatever I turned 14 and a half or whatever it was at the time, and I had got a good work permit and this kind of thing, and I was already cooking. Um, and I was, you know, working with guys that, you know, were twice or three times my age that, uh, you know, their performance under the pressure and things like that and being able to feed thousands of people in a week that, at that place was, uh, it was really attractive. Um, you know, were, they, I, were they super welcoming? And <laughs> I mean, it's a bunch of delinquents. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's exactly, that's, I, I wanted to say that earlier. Like a kitchen is just a bunch of delinquents. I'm like, yeah. you find family there. Yeah, for um, sure. And I definitely read that somewhere in like an old Margot Pierre White book yeah. or something like that, but it's 
you know, that's what it is. You, you know, it's a bunch of people who, you know, don't make it. Not not everybody, and I'm not trying to put the industry down at all. But there is people who don't make it other places, and then they find a home here. Yeah. They, they find family, and and it's it might be the stress that's therapeutic. For I don't sure. know what it is. For but, sure, yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely part of my story is childhood delinquency, you know, looking for a place to land. You know, it's like. Where I grew up, there wasn't a lot of options to, uh, you know, for employment and these kinds of things for, a, you know, a teenage kid that was, you know, trying to find his way. You know, a lot of people wind up in it that way. Um, I had, you know, passions towards, you know, being the center of a party and those kinds of things, which I later realized that, you know, I liked to be the provider of a central part of the large gatherings and those kinds of things. Um, but yeah, I mean, people wind up in restaurants for a ton of different ways, but like, delinquency is definitely part of my story, looking for a place to land, looking for a way to get, you know, to get some cash, to, uh, you know, stay out of trouble, to, um, you know, to find, you know, like-minded people, and that's for sure, you know, that's for sure why I landed in the industry. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how it started, and then, you know, and then later, of course, you realize that chaos, you realize that, wow, you know, I've actually had way more practice of driving chaos than I've realized, mm -hmm. you know, and then all of a sudden, you're like, wow, I'm good at this, um, and, you know, I liked the rush, I liked the hard labor, I liked pleasing people, I yeah. liked, you know, I liked all these things, and, you know, and then when I turned, uh, you know, more 18, I moved down here, I kind of started to study the, um, you know, the traditional French cuisine and things like that, where it's, you know, it's the same as most cuisines, except they're just well documented, you know, it's just real, well written down, yeah. uh, to understand the philosophy and these kinds of things, and become really interested in it, and then, you know, and then I was, you know, catering in Denmark and Barcelona when I was 20, 21 and 22 years old from friends and, you know, acquaintances that had just wanted somebody to cook and I wanted to travel and, you know. And, How'd you end up falling into that? I mean, that's a My deal sister for me. was like <laughs> studying abroad over there and had a family, was throwing a party, and there's this giant party, and she was like, yeah, hey, my brother cooks, he lives in California, you know. Or just like, bring him on. Well, I was like, well, let's make a trip out of it, you yeah. know, and I had done this whole, like, uh, you know, of the terroir of Copenhagen dinner for the, you know, 100 people or something like that. I was 20, 20 22 years old, and they wanted to be successful, you know, and so, you know, experiences at the time that were, you know, unfathomable that I could ever accomplish to do, you know, putting myself in there and uh, being able to, you know, be successful. Yeah, and then that all came from cooking, like, so before, before that, did you, did you know that you were going to kind of pursue this? Before actually going overseas and doing this catering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was in it, like I said, I was in it when I was 14, 15 years old. And so when I moved down here, um, you know, I had always planned on being, you know, getting a job. I had worked in the front of the house um, to try to, you know, free up some hours so I could go to school and these kinds of things. But, like, you know, I, was, I would inevitably be pulled into the kitchen, you know, once yeah. I turned in my resume, people would be like, okay, well, you want to be a server, but, you know, yeah, you have all this experience. So I'd only pulled people for a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, you I never would have, you know, I never would have known this was a lifelong thing, you know, until, you know, I always thought it would be part of me. Um, you know, I always liked to go, I always liked to go parties and those kinds of things. But, yeah, that was at a young age. I was, you know, 16, 16 years old. And I started really appreciating it probably when I was 18. Okay. But, uh, you know, by the time I was, you know, 19 years old, I had already, you know, five years experience in yeah. the kitchen. So, 
it was like this is always going to be a way I could provide for myself. I studied business and agriculture at Cal Poly to kind of like, um, you know, men with, you know, the farmer table, that kind of thing, sourcing, um, you know, that was a, oh, it was, I wanted a business degree, but I also wanted um, something else more applicable to my profession. Kind of what you were doing. Yeah, yeah. so that's why I studied there, and it was, you know, it's good. It's good, it was good to figure out how to operate a business and those kinds of things, and put me in contact with branches and things that I've, you know, used in the past. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, you know, being in the, being in the industry has always, has always been built, it's always been, uh, you know, it's always been hard, but it's always been uh, nourishing. It's always been there. Right? Yeah. I mean, for, at least for me, you know, there's always kind of, I haven't really moved much, but it seems like wherever you go, there's always, you know, restaurants, people need to be fed. Yeah. You kind of touched on something that, that never really dawned on me, but at a gathering, like, you know, you're not the reason that people are there, but you're kind of the reason people are there. Yeah. Like when you're making the food, like not everybody's there for the food, but they kind of are. Like, yeah. And when everybody's done, everybody always talks about the food. Yeah. So, so that's a big. I've had people ask me, you know, what got you, what got you into cooking, and that was kind of the pretty pictures that I painted. But I decided today that would be a little more real and talk about, you know, delinquency, fear, those kind of things. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, for sure, that was something that I saw when, like, the story that I, the story, the reality that I told, I talked about in my childhood. It was like seeing my grandma, you know, and I used to help her make spaghetti, and meatballs, and those kinds of things, and like, you know, she'd be cooking in the kitchen, and everybody'd be mixing and mingling, but then like, she was always very formal, right? So she'd set the table and she has a dining room that's sunken in and so this is like, you know, classic class, you know? Yeah. A little bit older school class that's kind of gone by the wayside these days. Uh, and I always really respected that. Uh, you know, folks would be set, like she was very strict about setting the table, these kinds of things. And then when it was time to sit, sit down and have dinner, you know, like she would be, present this feast and it would be the center of a party. Okay. And I was you know, as a kid, she'd always get me involved in that. And I was like, yeah, I did that, you know. So that was, <laughs> yeah. that was for sure a, uh, you know, an attractive part of it for me. Okay. The, uh, yeah, so that's kind of cool. Was it like super traditional? She made like pasta from scratch? And... Uh, no. Oh, okay. No, not really. Um, that would be a nice upbringing. Yeah, no, idea. no, no. It's all, you know, she does, she does well for, you know, grandma and those kinds of things. Okay. But no, she's not like an, not an Italian mother that's rolling out the OPs or anything like that. Okay, yeah, I mean, that'd be nice to have that. I think literally, like, before. Me, I didn't have, I mean, before actually working in the kitchen, I didn't have much cooking experience coming into it. I actually remember, like, the first thing that I actually cooked in a restaurant was just, like, a grilled ham and cheese, like, on a, on a flat top and stuff. So that's kind of where I got my, you know, start. Uh, is there, where do you, is there something that you can touch on specifically that you draw inspiration from? Like, when you're... I mean, I couldn't be that specific. I get inspiration from everywhere, you know, I mean, my girlfriend makes me something and I, you know, I replicate that or, you know, I see a cool ingredient that I want to incorporate or the seasons change and it's like, oh, that'd be fun, how am I going to get that on the menu or, okay. you know, or maybe people haven't tried this, like, but, you know, it's, it's everywhere and sort of, you know, for somebody like me, it's just always inspiration and, like, you got to kind of narrow it down and then, like, you know, Make it, make it, fine, you know, business financial, right? Yeah, business yeah. applicable, it's gotta, and it's got to reflect my cre my creativity. But like, yeah, I think inspiration for me, and I've thought about that before. You know, it's like, what is it that that's inspiration? But 
it's everything. I mean, I go out to eat pretty regularly. Yeah. I'm actually going to the French Laundry to Tuesday night, which I've never eaten before. It's exciting. Okay. Uh, so I dine everywhere I go, you know. It's always part of my traveling or vacation or trips or things like that. You know, I'm always eating. I'm always, you know, trying to find what's best, what's new, what's cool, what's old, what's fun. Um, you know, I'm all of my so yeah, you know, I follow it on so I follow all food stuff, social media, yeah, social media reading yeah. all, you know, published articles, those kinds of things. It's like I think for me it's like I like sleep, eat, breathe <laughs> everything. It's sleep and eat, breathe food. Visit a restaurant, you know, in a restaurant business and hospitality. So when you're like catching inspiration for a dish, is it always the main thing? Or are you no. Tend to like come up with a cool sauce or see a cool sauce or something and work from there. Like, what would that be good? What would that be good with? Or, you know, I've had things come, you know, it's dishes come inspiration of a garnish, you know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's usually, I don't know, I shouldn't say it either is or isn't like the main component, but it's a little bit of both, you know. But a lot of times we're going to start with a seasoning, you know, like a sumac right now. I'm like kind of on a sumac kick for the last year. Okay. Uh, which is like a really cool, fruity, floral, North African spice. And so it's like, oh, what is that going to be good with? I'm going to go from there. Yeah. It's like, oh, sweet. Or carrots. Let's, let's uh, roast them or like smoky. So, you know, I wouldn't say. So it kind of just starts with something and then you build out most part, from there. Sometimes I'll see something I'm like, wow, that's a really cool way to plate that. You know, like, what can I plate? similar to that or what kind you know sometimes I complain and I'm like you know what, what could I how what can I dress cool this plate? Yeah, you have a canvas yeah for sure. like, how am I gonna you know fix this out the best way yeah I mean we have these wooden boards customized for us that are indented just specifically for bone marrow right and so they have like this indentation which really isn't much use for anything else and so I've kind of been thinking about that reason like what could be cool in that little indentation you know and then and then from there you're kind of uh, you're kind of held back by a lot of things as well you know it's like wow I could actually make something really fancy with that but it's like but that's not really what I want to do here in the hatch that's like, you know that's not in the right demographic or you know maybe when Avocados for that season, I could do a puree or something, but it's always like always a full time job. Yeah, you always got plays, you know, you yeah. kind of storing stuff like a squirrel, or you're just yeah. storing nuts back there, yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know, you'll bring them around, so to speak, winter comes. Totally. Yeah. I, I wish I was better at journaling, but I'm not. <laughs> you know, if I could journal everything, I'd probably be much more. Maybe you could just, you know, log everything down. Yeah. You know? Every time. They say, like in joke writing, every time you get an inspiration, you need to write it down. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, because once it's gone, it's gone. And then, and then you're stuck in the middle. What, the, what was I thinking about? Yeah. You know, you're, then you're losing sleep over it. Yeah, totally. But you know, it comes and goes. It'll come again. It's something new. It'll change. So, what's something that you always have in your fridge? Like, what's your go-to that you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna make? Like, uh, Cured meats usually. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'll do like. Uh, just do charcuteries all day. No, I'm so yeah, but I've been I've been on this like crazy trend of eating this particular salad that my girlfriend made for me uh, about a year ago, and it's like an antipasto salad, so it's like preserved stuff. It's like pepperoncinis, a couple okay. different types of olives, Anthony olives, Arquino olives. Uh, cured meats, like a brasaola, or just like classic salami, and then like some kind of cheese, romaine, or butter lettuce, or romaine salad with like some kind of vinaigrette. And so it's like, for me, 
I get spicy from the pepperoncinis, I get salty from the meats and olives and uh, you know, the cheese. And it's like relatively healthy with the lettuce. It's a salad, you know? <laughs> yeah, I've got the lettuce in there, it's got cucumbers, the tomatoes, but, it, uh, but that's pretty much always in my fridge right now. Like I'm all about spicy, acid, salt, yeah. those kinds of things, um, as most chefs are. I think, they're most I think so. Like, yeah. I mean, if I have to think about a dish, it's got to it's have those three at some point, it's yeah. got to have a little bit yeah. of that. Um, totally. That's, I mean, that's always, what else is always in there? Is there something that you have to go to? So, I, I, like, if you're if you're cooking for somebody who doesn't know you, some family, friends coming over, somebody drops by, hey, man, I'm hungry, you got anything? Are you just whipping out that antipasta salad? Or uh, Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good pocket pull, but... Um, <laughs> I don't know. Usually when I usually when I cook at home, I'm cooking like Southeast Asian or something like that because it's got some vinegar, it's got that yeah. spice, it's got the umami, it's got the thing. I've been playing around with some Thai food recently. I've done like I don't know all kinds of things. I like I like to do things that people won't make for themselves. Yeah. You know, like I'll do a ceviche or something, or um, you know, some kind of I've done like lar lar guy, which is like a ground meat. Yeah. Okay. Lettuce wrap is super oh, good. Nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Usually, if, if I'm cooking, people will, you know, I ask them, I'm like, you know, anything in the world, what you want? <laughs> because yeah. it's like I would like to try something new as well. Um, something I tried recently that my sister asked, but I, had, I hadn't had is like Hain, it's called Hainanese chicken or something like that. It's like a okay. boiled, it's like a blanched chicken. <laughs> it's really bizarre, but it's super good. Uh, what do you do with it after you blanch it? So you like blanch it and then you like dip it in ice water just till it's cool enough to, to cut and then you like cut it up and you serve it with rice and then... Wait, is the chicken cooked? Yeah, when you blanch it, it like cooks it. Okay. And I mean, you cook it until like it's done, like okay. 165 degrees or whatever. And then um, in that pot, it makes a stock, and you serve it with like rice and a couple sauces. It's super basic, but like it's all about using a really quality chicken. It's about having your poultry brine for like 24, 48 hours before. And so it's, it's just really pure dish. It's something that I've never tried before. I did not super happy with it. So you blanch, so you blanch it, ice bath it. Yeah. And then you serve it cold. No, so you just blanch it enough to where you can handle it, or you just ice cool it, cool yeah. it just enough so you can handle it, and you cut it up, it's still hot. Yeah. So it's like, it's not steaming hot, but it's... Yeah, and that kind of stops it from cooking, because one of the bad things about boiling chicken is it, yeah. it gets dried out. I mean, because you were sure. Cooking, right? I was very concerned when the, you know, the first day I looked up was like, drop cold chicken in boiling water. <laughs> drop <I'm> like, chicken. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this goes against everything I've ever known. Uh, but it, anyway, it's a cool dish. So, when uh, when reading another recipe, do you uh, how tried and true are you? Do you like read a couple things and then just go off the Richter's like yeah, do your own thing, or do yeah. you really like? Yeah, I mean, just like the amount the because I put in the time, you know, I feel like I understand the fun things. It's yeah. like I, I can predict how things are going to behave. You know what I. You know, I can I, I have realistic expectations of how things are going to come to fruition, you know, because it's like, you know, an educated guess, really. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, if I'm looking for something, I'll look at three or four different recipes, and I'll get the gist of it, um, kind of the main points, and then... Uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, I feel like I, I do the same thing, I mean, because a lot of techniques, they cross over. Uh, yeah. Like you were saying, you kind of touched on it. Like French food, it's just it's just well documented. It, it pretty much transcends. So I mean, with the, now I don't know. I could be completely wrong, but like 
Asian food might be the only one that's a little different. Like they don't, I don't feel like they braise as much. Or they, some things they don't cook. Yeah. Uh, they do that more than, than other cultures. But no, no knock on Asian food. Shout out yeah. to Asian food. That's one of my favorite things in the world. And that's like a common denominator when I'm asking somebody what you know what their go-to, what do they like to eat. A lot of people say Asian food. Yeah. It might be the sugar. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, think, that's it. <laughs> I think that, that sweetness that they use is kind of kind of getting people in. There's a so you said that you've lived. How long have you actually lived on the Central Coast? Uh, I lived down here as 18 or 32 years now. So 14, 14 years. 14 years? So um, if you were, if you happened to be off on a Saturday, like what, what's some type of things that that you would find yourself doing out here? For fun or do you? Uh, either. Um, I do. I play golf. I swim. Um, I hike. Those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, Shout out to Goshi in San Luis Obispo. That's yeah. my go-to spot. Man. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite spot in the county for sure. Um, there's certain Keeping with the trend of Asian food. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can go in there and feel clean after I love. I'll gorge myself. Their service is always great. You know, it's like the closest to unique. You know, our authentic Japanese food around here. Uh, so, you know, Saturday nights. I don't know. I mean, a lot. I do, you know, I practice a lot of self-care. I work a lot of... I work a lot of hours, and so, you know, getting alone space, you know, to myself is important to me. Um, you know, it's how we probably call it meditation, but just like solitude, you know, I answer 27,000 questions a day, and so, yeah. like, just to not. No, you just, <laughs> you know, just kind of focus on the present, yeah, at the just, moment, Yeah, just you to know? be peaceful, you know, I'm pretty, I'm, I mean, that's a more recent thing that I've done, but, like, you know, like I said, I like to swim, which is a similar meditative kind of thing for me, yeah. or golf, or hike, you know, if I'm not with my girlfriend hiking alone. Um, yeah, that's more or less it. I like to go out to eat if I were out on a Saturday, you know, I try to stay away from restaurants on Saturday nights, but uh, oh, yeah. I, I do like to check out and see what people are doing, you know, South County, North County, San Luis Obispo. Like I said, I'm always, I'm always... Are there any other uh, like gems out here that don't get enough love? Gems? Yeah. Gems. Like, small, like anything? Like I'm not part of a gem right now. I mean, I I was doing some training. Oh no no like a like a gem like a oh, spot. Oh, the gems that don't get enough love. I don't know. I, I really like to give love to Jane Army. Jane yeah, Army. Like yeah, thing. for sure. So yeah, I've worked with them for a long time. Um, yeah, no, I think they're I mean, freaking yeah, yeah, they're pretty, yeah. they're pretty big out there. Yeah, right? uh, yeah. I've worked with uh, Jim and Jerry at JNR for a really long time. They supplied all the meat for um, a previous restaurant that I worked at, and so I've worked with them for a long time. Cool cats, you know. They yeah. educated me in ways that I would have never learned, you know, on my own. Um, so they got quality product and super uh, informed people there, you know, like, I was, don't usually ask for help in the kitchen, but sometimes I'm like, give me, give me an off cut, what are we working with, how would you deal with it, and it's, it's like a local butcher, it's like really hard to find these days, you know, where I grew up, I had a local butcher, and then I moved down, moved down here, and for the longest time, I didn't know about JNR, and so, uh, I just assumed there was no local butcher, so, anyway, that's a gem, for sure. Yeah, yeah, shout out to JNR. Yeah, uh, that, you know, I don't know. I'd have to put some thought into it. It's kind of unsung heroes. Um, yeah, I don't know. Okay. I don't really yeah, the, the, um, so, I mean, was there a specific reason that you ended up coming to the Paso or to the Coast? 
Things here, um, you know, the weather's great. You get great food. You're, you're in drinking. You get great wine, great distilleries, great beer now. I mean, everybody's everybody's doing doing something. Yeah, I really like to fish, and so like fishing was kind of hard for me around here. I grew up with rivers and streams and lakes and those kinds of things and hunting. And so those things I don't really get around here, which I which is fine. I can, Do you try ever going like off the coast? I, yeah, I'm more of a freshwater. I like I don't mind fishing in, in the ocean, but like you know, I'm like my favorite be trout fishing, like okay. streams and things like that. Well, where I grew up, that's what, that's, that's what you did, you know. And so I don't mind fishing in the ocean, but like I get that heat mixed with my traveling. I get places specifically for that. But other than that, you know, like fishing places. So, uh, what's do you have a favorite fish? Like to eat? Give it to you, just one you wish you could. Say that, I mean, they're also different, you know. It's like I really love our local cod, you know, whether it's fried or like more cooked, like, you know, you start talking about raw fish and mackerels, things like that. I love shellfish. I'm a huge crab fan. I've always been eating crab. Crab, my birthday's in November, and so crab season's always open right around my birthday. So that was like, that would always be my birthday. Like, I want crabs. And then, you know, spend five hours peeling them and eating them at the same time. And so... Uh, it's yeah. a good thing you get something to keep yourself busy. I mean, a lot of you can eat that. Like, sometimes you're around people who are uninteresting. You, you know, you can focus on cracking a bit of crab and getting them going. So, yeah, I mean, seafood and all that time, I like all Yeah. Do you, um, is there anything that, you know, that you're not good at? Specifically, I'm not good at my girlfriend. <laughs> uh, what am I not good at? You know, I wish I was better at golf. I've been playing it for a long time, and I wish I was better at that. Uh, would you leave cooking for golf? No. No. Yeah, never. No, no, no. Uh, I, yeah, I, would have to, I would have to be good at it. For it to okay. <laughs> I'm good at cooking. Yeah. Um, I don't know. No, I've been pretty blessed with my health and those kinds of things, and, you know, anything that. I've tried to put my mind to, you know, I've been 
more or less successful at. I don't play a musical instrument, that's something that I wish I was a little bit better at. I don't play any music. Um, I do most of the singing in the kitchen while the country music. Nice way. <laughs> hey man, you gotta keep it, keep it live. Right? Yeah, for sure, you know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't, I don't want to sound too egotistical, but I've been pretty lucky with myself. Okay. Yeah, that's good. I mean, yeah. it's good to have things and then you could maybe have a singing career. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll see some, about that. Some country western, like good coming out of Paso. Yeah, we shall see. You know, <laughs> Chef Eric dropping the country album. <laughs> Chef Eric, I'm sorry, Corey. Corey, yeah, Corey. talking about me. Yeah. Got it. Um, but so I think as as we're winding down, I mean, is there anything that you want to tell the you no? Know, I mean, you know, I'm always gonna market for the hat show. I, I, you know, we will always find a spot for people. I suggest making a reservation at the hatch. You know, we have a cocktail truck that is. Uh, yeah, how do people? How awesome. do people get hold of us? Like, is there a hatch.com? Yeah, there's a yeah hatch. Hatch.com, HatchPassRules.com, something like that. Google it, you'll find it. Okay. Um, and there's a bunch of details. But yeah, I'm always trying to push for our cocktail truck. It's super cool. We can bring our bartenders and cocktails. Uh, to and that's the, a craft catering things. truck, right? Like, yeah, so it we actually pulls out to location. It does the drinks. We aren't really, I mean, we could possibly be food for it, but right now it's about cocktails. We want cocktails and drinks and whatever your events are, wedding and such, uh, you know, we can, we can do that. We got, we got awesome bartenders, awesome cocktails. Uh, access to all kinds of all kinds of awesome liquor. Uh, yeah, and then you know, always come into the hatch. You know, make reservations. We're super busy. Uh, we're a small place. We do great numbers. You know, but we are a you know a great team. You know, communal, familial, uh, and everybody here is very well trained. They know what they're doing. So they're professional. Uh, back of the house, front of the house, and so yeah, come check us out here as well. Cool. Um, last thing, does do you do you have social media that you'd like people to maybe come check yeah, out? Yeah, I'm stuff? not you know I'm not super active and posting on my own, but Chef Corey Bidwell, Chef underscore Corey underscore Bidwell is my professional account. Okay. There, uh, I got a few photos, but I'm always I always like to follow people that are doing interesting things, whether that's food related or not. Um, and so you know if you want to follow me on there, I'm totally down with that and. Uh, yeah. I mean, if not, you know, come see, come see Chef Corey at the hatch. I'll be here at the hatch. Yeah, I'll be in the kitchen, and then, then on some nights I'm in the front of the house, and so um, I'll probably be here though. Cool. Yeah, a little mix, a little mix of both. Yeah, know, that's totally. Cool. Well, thanks, Corey, man, yeah. and, and we were out. Yeah. Thanks, Andrew. Hey guys. Welcome back to uh, another episode of Chef's Talking Chop. I'm here with Chef Corey Bidwell. Thanks for having me in your uh, in your kitchen again, brother. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for coming. So uh, could you uh, give us a breakdown of what you've got going on for us? Yeah, so today I think for uh, this demonstration we want to do uh, some artichokes. I decided to do artichokes today, I think, because they're intimidating sometimes for people to do at home. Yeah. Um, they are also a pretty unique ingredient to California especially the Central Coast and Central California and, uh, you know, some other parts of the world, but not everybody has access to them, and they are definitely yeah. one of our top sellers here at the Hats, or one of my favorite things to eat at home. And so, you know, for those that are scared or intimidated by an artichoke, I want to break it down, show us what it could be. Yeah, I mean, it could be easier than, I mean, it is easier than people think about, like, True. especially people get intimidated by, like, the length of time that it takes to cook them, but I'm sure you'll give a, a good explanation for it. Totally. So what's uh, what's first up? What's the first thing? All right. So first step, we got some we got some pretty solid artichokes here right now. Artichokes grow year round in California. 
Uh, these are coming out of Castroville, which some say is the artichoke capital of the world. Okay. They grow year-round. Uh, you know, some seasons get a little bit better when they get cold. Sometimes they'll bruise up around the outside. But pretty much you always have access to them here in California, so that's why... So now, that's why they're a staple in the menu. Yeah, so like I've only heard about artichokes in California. Is there another place, another region that yeah, kind of does them? Yeah, you think about Italy's places with similar okay. climates. You know what I mean? That I think just the Mediterranean uh, belt pretty much has artichokes as okay. well, which is the same, pretty much the same terroirs we have here in the Central Coast of California. Okay. Climate-wise, uh, I mean, a lot of similarities in soils. That's why you see French varietals and Italian varietals of wine being grown here on the Central Coast. Okay, being close because we have similar climate. Very similar climate, very similar terroir all around. Okay. If only we can get some of those San Marzano tomatoes, man. We'd be... <laughs> yeah, we haven't, we haven't been able to figure those out yet. <laughs> all right. So, anyway, artichokes. First step. What I like to do is, you know, entirely, not entirely necessary, but for ease and eating, what I go through and do is trim off all the spines. So I don't know where I'm supposed to zoom in here. But on top, there are these little points that, that litter all around from the top of the artichoke down because the artichoke is technically a thistle, and uh, that was the, their defense mechanism, is to have okay. little spines on there. So I go through and really quickly, uh, I had trimmed a few of these before you guys got here, but you want to go through and trim them all around just so people don't prick their fingers. Obviously, you can leave them. Uh, you know, if you're short on time, but um, but it's simple as that. Just go through with some shears, shears straight up, and you really just have to knock them off around this bottom part because you'll see we're gonna nip the top off with a knife. Okay. So we'll go through here and just make sure they're cleaned up so nobody's pricking their fingers. Boom, boom, boom. Do you remember the first place you ever had artichokes? At home. At yeah. home? Really? Yeah, my mom used to make them a lot for me. She was a big artichoke fan. And, Dude, I uh, love it, man. Yeah, I mean, Joe's the best cook in the world, but she made artichokes. I think she had a desire for them the same way I do now. Um, I seriously eat artichokes two or three times a week. Okay. With this exact same sauce that we're about to make. Um, you know, they're just a great side dish. They're relatively light. Dip them in a little uh, aioli, and they're, you know, they're pretty awesome. Oh, yeah, I love life. it, man. All right, so once you go around, trim all the spines off. I like to use a serrated knife. Or you can just kind of even off the top. This will allow them to sit in the pot, and then you don't really have to be diligent about getting all of the uh, spines all the way to the top. Okay. And so I'm going to show you how I do them at home here. Uh, you know, here at the hatch we do, I don't know, over 100 a week, 150 a week. So we have to do them in a little bit larger batch. Yeah. Um, but here we can do something. Yeah, and so you'll see when ease I, of use at home. Yeah, when I steam them in the pot, I'm not gonna get like a proper steamer set up. You really don't have to if you're doing it at home. You can just kind of set them in enough water where they're gonna boil for 30 minutes, but not cook all the way out. Okay. No harm, no foul. Um, when I cook artichokes, I cook a whole one for myself. But you know, <laughs> nice. not everybody yeah. does. So this is what you're looking for: trimmed up, flattened, easy, or easy to set in the pot. You just Next. cut the tips off like half half an inch or maybe an inch yeah or so. i mean you can cut as much as you want you know what i mean because the, really the edible part we'll see when you pull it off is down at the tip i guess that is of the leaf yeah so that's that these are ready to go spines are trimmed they're they're cut flat so that's that the next thing i want to do is i'm going to make a i'm going to make a flavored steaming liquid okay which is called a corbouillon in french um 
what this does is you have to steam them first. We steam ours for 30 minutes um, to make sure they're tender. And if you flavor this liquid, it's a way to get, uh, you know, initial seasoning inside the vegetable itself. Okay. So what I like to do, there's a couple components that are really, that, that are a must. Some kind of vinegar creates an acid in there, which will... Any uh, particular type of vinegar? Uh, white vinegar, apple cider vinegar. This is champagne vinegar. Okay. You can do red wine vinegar, rice wine vinegar. It doesn't really matter, but the acidity will keep them from oxidizing, and it also adds an acidic seasoning to the inside of the artichoke. Okay. So I add, I always have acid, salt, and aromatics. Yeah, that's pretty I mean, that's much essential it. in every. Yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe exception to dessert, but. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> so uh, you don't have to get super fancy with this the way I am, but I'm just gonna tie my herbs together so they're not bouncing around in the pot. Makes them easier to take out. Yeah, for sure. And so with the pot, I specifically chose this pot because, so let's see, we got what's called a sachet, tied herbs. So okay. I chose this pot so they sit nicely in here. All right, so I could probably get two more artichokes in there and they would steam perfectly. Um, so what do we got? We got our herbs, our vinegar, salt, just in the liquid. You don't gotta get crazy with it, but just so it's seasoning throughout the vegetable. Okay. What I need is a little bit of water, sorry about that. And then so with this, you, you would set it up like this. You don't need to start the water boiling before you put the chokes in there? Uh, not not necessarily, no. I this mean, way you, you can. Okay. Um, you know, you just want to make sure when it's steaming that they steam for 30 minutes. Okay. So once it starts, once it starts rolling. Yeah, you could get it going first and add them in there. You know, it's potato, potato, I think, in this case. Not always the case, but I think in this case. Okay. So with the water, this is a quart deli cup here. Um, it's really going to depend on the steep the steepness of the sides of your pot right so you want just the tip of the artichoke i don't know how you can see that or if you can see that can we see it in the pot um yeah. you want enough liquid that's going to steam for 30 minutes but it's not going to cook all the way out so okay so the liquid is literally just coming to right here so then this your the steam captures in there yeah okay. so once it comes to a steam we can turn it down on low and there's a consistent cooking yeah. Via the steam. Okay. Because a lot of times, I mean, not a lot of times, but I've seen other people, they say that they steam them, but literally they're just boiling them. Like yeah. they just drop them in the boiling water. Yeah, so. sure. And so when we do ours at the hatch, we actually set up a steam bath that holds 15 to 18 artichokes at a time. Okay. Where the artichokes are not sitting in the water and we wrap the whole top in foil. But it's the same concept. This is how I do it at home. Okay. Works just fine. So we got our salt, we got our herbs, we got our vinegar, we got our water. That's that. So with some kind of pot, lid, you know, professionals here, we Something use aluminum foil. <laughs> yeah, no. Probably a tighter seal than some lids. Totally. And then you if know, you guys don't have a tight lid at home, I mean, I'd recommend the foil over a plate. Like, yeah, totally. I mean, I, we use foil for everything. I think I really don't keep lids around for pots because they're hard to store. Yeah. And aluminum foil does great. All right, so we got a good seal. So... We're gonna put it on the we're gonna put it on the range and crank it up so we start to see it seam and then we're gonna turn it down to a low uh, for 30 minutes. We we'll do ours 30, 33 minutes. Uh, basically, you should be able to easily remove one of the outer leaves. Maybe give the stem a little squeeze to uh, make sure it's nice and tender. See into that. Okay. 
So that'll take about five minutes for it to come to a boil, but we'll turn it down, set a timer. Um, Could, were we able go. to see that transfer? Oh, okay, cool. So, so then now you can, yeah, movie magic, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, so movie magic, I uh, already have some steamed off for you guys for ease today. Now, when you, when you check them, do you want to wait for them to cool before you start doing this? Um, yeah, sorry. You should check them when they're warm or when they're still hot. Make okay. sure a leaf, a leaf will pull off nicely, as such. And then you want to cool it down if you're gonna clean them the way I'm gonna clean them. Okay. So at my house, I just serve them just like that. Oh, nice. And so we just eat around the outside until we get down to the heart, and then we clean it off on it, clean the heart out on our plate, and eat it that way. Okay. This is how I've always served them at home. I don't go through all the business of. Uh, cleaning them ahead of time but here at the hatch we do the hard work for you <laughs> yeah <laughs> you don't want to give somebody the heart and then they're out there trying to stomach that down. yeah well you don't want the choke right so yeah. you want the heart but you don't want the, you choke. Want the choke and that's the thistle part that uh can get caught in your throat and that's actually i mean now is that just like an old wives tale or is that something that can be detrimental to somebody who eats it yeah i don't think you're supposed to eat it i don't I wouldn't, right i wouldn't try to stomach that yeah like okay. <laughs> um so this artichoke here is cooked as we discussed cooled down um and so, like I said, I eat mine at home just like this. I just start on the outside and work my way in. But uh, here at the hatch, we do the work for you. So I like to cut it just right down the center. And so that reveals um, what you got going on there. So in the center, this little bit of hairy looking bit is the thistle, and that's the part you want to clean out. You know, artichokes come in different sizes, different maturities, all kinds of different things. Sometimes that thistle is large, sometimes it's small. This one is actually small, which is ideal. Are they purple or pink sometimes? Yeah, so there's there's such a thing as purple artichokes. I okay. think it's just a little bit different varietal. These are globe artichokes. Okay. Um, it's another varietal that I can't think of right now. Um, Anyway, these are globe artichokes. They come from Castroville. They're awesome every time. They're really round and meaty. Okay. Um, so is Castroville somewhere that's local? Yeah, so that's just north of Santa Cruz. Oh, nice. Yeah, cool. on the coast of California. They're called the artichoke capital of the world. They grow a ton of artichokes. Yeah, that's their thing. Yeah, that's their thing. All right, so there's a different variety of ways to clean the choke out. I use a spoon, and you can kind of just dig in there and spoon it out. And then I'll get a, like a little finger in there, make sure all of the choke is out of it. Those little thistles? Yeah. Okay. And you want to try not to dig into the heart too much, because that's the prize piece you get yeah, at the end. Yeah, that's the best part, right? Right. And you don't want to pull too many of the center leaves out either. Yeah, see, and just that quickly, it's already steaming, you can kind of hear it. Yeah, right? so, so there was, you know, you think about it, I only put two cups of water in there, and on a professional range, that'll come up to boil in no time, especially with a lid on it. Um, sorry, I should... All right. It's the noise the timer should be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the timer's not beeping, there's something wrong with it. Right, so these are all cleaned up. That's pretty much, they're ready to go right now. Uh, Today, I think we're going to throw them on the grill the okay. way that we serve them at the hatch. Um, but for now, we're going to put together a little uh, dipping sauce for it, which is um, a sesame and soy aioli that I really like. Um, it's a sauce that a friend had taught me or showed me once upon a time, and 
you know, I've been eating it at home ever since. It's, oh, nice. It's so we're doing aioli from... We're doing aioli from scratch. I dig it, man. Um, so, I wasn't going to include this on the video, so I'll move a little bit quickly here uh, just to show you, for those that are interested, how to make a quick mayonnaise at home. So, mayonnaise is essentially egg... Is yeah. there, well, sorry, is there a reason that you didn't want it in the video? Because, I mean, if anything, I can cut it out. But... Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, just... sweet, I dig it. Because, like, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people don't understand what an actual aioli is. A okay. lot of people think an aioli is just mayonnaise mixed with, with something. So I think totally. this is great. Dude. Yeah, it was kind of a bonus, uh, a bonus we're going to do here Yeah, today. a little add-on, dude. Okay. Yeah, so aioli is basically a garlic and lemon mayonnaise. Um, mayonnaise consists of emulsified egg yolks egg yolks, water, and some kind of oil, whether that's olive oil or you can use fats or anything like that. Basically, the egg yolks act as an emulsifier with the water to combine with the oil, and that's what creates mayonnaise. Uh, we're going to flavor ours with a little lemon and garlic because that is the most basic aioli. So we'll start with a couple of egg yolks, just a little bit of microplane garlic. that that's good enough there okay. um juice of a lemon so this is going to act as water as well and it's going to behave as water when it comes to like consistency yeah you know what i mean and also give it some flavor totally so two for one juice of a lemon minus a seed so that was half a lemon we're going to go next half a lemon here And then we're gonna add a little oil. Okay. Slowly. This is the part that. Uh, the know, fun part. Yeah, the fun part. So I like to work my egg yolks together. And pro pro move right here. Put something down oh, under yeah. the bowl <laughs> so the bowl is not sliding around on you. Yeah, totally. So I have a wet towel right here. Uh, some people twist them up and put them in a roll underneath. I just like it straight up like that. Yeah, but, it gets the job done. It's yeah, it totally gets the job done. So we're just gonna slowly add oil. I haven't done this in a bowl with a whisk in a long time. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, normally you got like a KitchenAid going. Yeah, and... totally. So we use a food processor or something like that. But but same concept. Like you don't want to add too much oil. Yeah, you just want to make sure that the oil is getting emulsified into the egg yolks. Um, and you start real slow. Once you get a base, you can kind of yeah, totally. add a little bit more at a time. Totally. Right? But... I don't know if there's any telltale signs that you look for from like if you add too much oil. Uh, but yeah. I know like something that I would normally see is if I start seeing the oil trace around the bowl like and be predominant on the top, then I need to slow down and maybe wicks, whisk yeah. a little more. So I'm gonna add a little water in there. It just looked like my lemon juice wasn't, wasn't doing the job. Okay. So the egg yolks will typically allow the the you know water and oil don't mix and so the egg yolks will allow them to bind Let's see if i can mess this up here on video oh, it looks like, it looks like it's going <laughs> going fairly well because you'll see it goes from a dressing to an aioli like in stages of uh thickness yeah once it's thick you can you know once it's emulsified as a base like you said you can really start adding Oh, 
Cool. If anything, we'll, we'll tag in. I'll start whisking it, you know? <laughs> I got a well-practiced whisking arm here. <laughs> you know, and so we we make aioli at 12 quarts at a time, and so it's a lot easier with a uh, little equipment to make it happen. Yeah. But at-home chef, I mean, here totally. you guys are. Yeah, when you run out of mayonnaise, this is how it's done. All right, so we're starting to thicken up. But I, I was a little yeah, concerned there. there. <laughs> I had faith in you the whole time. <laughs> I I, my, my one big thing is, like, it's it's pretty known that, you know, French people use aioli for their fries and stuff. Like, who's the person that had to make the aioli in the beginning when there was no, there no equipment? And everybody's yeah. like, oh, I want some with my fries. I mean, that would be kind of frustrating for me. Yeah, well, you know, the egg yolk emulsification is like, that's the mother sauces, that's your hollandaise and things like that. Like, people have been using egg yolks to emulsify, I mean, you know, to emulsify fat for a long time. But, yeah, the first guy, I don't know how they figured it out. The same thing with the first guy who ate the artichoke. I don't know who looked at that Oh, and said, yeah, that's what's yeah, doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be able to make that happen. But, well, uh, then the time it took, right? Because he had to do it a couple times and it not be good. Yeah, well, I'm right? sure, you know. <laughs> you said it best uh, on the podcast uh, that egg yolk's the thing that, that we have yet to recreate, and that's why it's, yeah. you know, used in so many things. Totally. All right, so we're getting a little thick. So. You know, something that you learn over time making it, the the water and the lemon juice thin it out, and the fat makes it thicker and thicker and thicker. So the more, you know, if you, you know, one egg yolk should be able to emulsify a fair amount of oil, but you'll see it'll get thicker and thicker and thicker uh, the more oil you add. And if it starts getting too thick, like, because once it gets too thick, it'll break. Yeah. Um, and if, it, you know, you feel like it's getting a little thick, Little Add a little water, lemon juice, some kind of liquid. All right, we're just going to go there for now. Um, that's going to be... That's going to be thick enough for us. Okay. So, we're just going to go right over here uh, for now. And so, what makes this aioli uh, a little different is I like to add a little sesame oil, a little soy sauce, and that really makes it, you know, this is your basic aioli. Now it's your basic now aioli. It's, now it's there. <laughs> that little bam. <laughs> that little salt, man. You've got to add a little salt in there. Uh, so I like to add a little soy sauce, which is going to behave as water again. Um, so it's going to thin it out a little bit, but it's all good. Enough soy sauce to make it good and salty. I'm gonna add a little sesame oil, maybe a teaspoon, teaspoon yeah, and a half. Something like that. So, boom, boom, boom. Got a little more soy sauce, so it's got that color. I'm gonna give it a shot here, see how we're doing. Andrew shot here, so you can see how That's we're it. doing. Man, tastes good. All I right. like the, I like the sesame in there on the back end. Yeah. The soy comes through nice. Yeah, so the soy, it's you know, it kind of just makes it really salty, and yeah. that's that's what I like. So you're dipping your, 
So you're dipping your artichoke in, and then it's like every bite you you take makes you want to have another one. Yeah. That's kind of the goal there. All right. So that's that. Your aioli, your basic recipe, and then your sesame aioli. And you got some for next time. That's right. We got yeah. plenty. We got. We'll need it on our menu. All right. <laughs> Excellent. So I'm just going to throw that in the fridge real quick. Um, by fridge, I mean our reach-in. All right, that's that. So artichokes are clean. Aioli dipping sauce is ready. Um, so like I said, I don't do any of the grilling or anything like that at home. But here How do you heat it up? Do you heat it up at home or do you go... So I pull it right out of the steamer and I serve it whole. So I don't clean the whole center out. Oh, that's right. You were, yeah. We already talked about it in the beginning. So, so you're just eating it fresh. Yeah, I eat it out right of out pot. of the pot. So okay. you think about 30 minutes, 30 minutes and you got an artichoke when really prep time is two minutes. Yeah. You throw it in the steamer, get doing whatever else you're going to be doing. By the time you're done doing that... So when go. you break it down like that, it's a very accomplishable meal at home. For sure. Well, like, that, that's why I always eat it at home because it's like... Whatever I make at home, whether it's a salad or, you know, anything else, it's taken me about 30 minutes, yeah. and I move quick, you know, but um, but I can get an artichoke on, and that's steaming on the back burner. I put together whatever else I'm going to put together, and I pull it right out of the pot, and it hits the table yeah. steaming right together. I mean, and you just double the workout, a shake weight workout. There, that's right, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's why I wasn't going to put one. the aioli yeah. in there, because <laughs> that's a little bit more work. You know, you can pull out a can of best foods any day of the week, yeah. add some soy sauce and some sesame oil same thing I'll, I'll, I'll cut to when you finish the aioli or you can just add mayonnaise <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah totally yeah. all right so here at the hatch we have a lovely wood burning rotisserie and grill and i'm just gonna pop those on there for a minute um until they're hot and then we'll hit the plate with them and then so when you're when you grilled it right now you just you just put some olive oil a little bit of salt Boom. Yeah, so you don't necessarily need the oil. I like to add a little oil in there. It adds, you know, it adds a fat element on there, which will give it a better grill mark. Okay. Because there's not a lot of fat on the artichoke. Yeah, you know, a little char on there. Something to cook. That char, yeah. yeah. Um, I dig it. So all of our artichokes here are grilled, at, you know, for service, and then served with the sesame aioli, straight up. We serve with a little bowl to discard on, uh, and they fly. You know, we yeah. sell like 120 or something a week. It's incredible. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of that. Cool, man. I mean, I, aioli came out really good and you know, he really well. Yeah, so. This is how we serve it. There's a variety of ways to serve it. You know, if you want to put your aioli on, in a side bowl or whatnot. Uh, but for ease purposes, this is how we do it. We'll try just for some greenery. Okay. I'm gonna drop a grilled lemon on there. I do a lot of uh, grilled lemon with mine at home, but not how we do it normally here. Boom, boom. Now, does the charred lemon add an extra element of flavor? <laughs> I don't know. Or does know. it just it look looks nice, good? Right? It just looks nice. <laughs> yeah, it looks good. I think you know. it might make it a bit sweeter, but I don't know if that's just in my head. Because yeah. I spend the time grilling them. For so, sure. Like, I do it for looks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I really like fresh lemon juice. So, like, when it comes to grilled fruits and things like that, yeah. I'm not particularly interested in grilled peaches or grilled pineapple. It's like, yeah. I want it straight up as it was okay. meant to be. Um, that's personal preference. Yeah. Not everybody's preference, obviously. Um, all right. So... 
And these guys will heat up fairly quickly, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so if somebody prepped these at their house and they were heating them up on stove or via oven, I mean, it happens pretty fast. Yeah, I mean, so especially with artichokes, they hold great, you know? Yeah. So, like, if you were doing artichokes for, you know, a bunch of people, you could steam them all, and I don't know if you want to go through the work of cleaning them or not, but you can steam them all ahead of time, but then just throw them back in the steamer for five minutes. Yeah. And they're all hot, ready to go. You can warm them up in the oven. You can put them under the broiler. You can put them on the barbie. You know, on the barbie, I dig it. Like, you can do all the work ahead of time. Yeah. Whether you qualify that as a lot of work or not. I you mean, know? yeah, I don't... I think that this would be a great thing to bust out at a party. I mean, yeah, you, know, totally. you show everybody you can hammer down 12 artichokes, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, totally. I, and that's what's cool. You know, people... It's ironic that people don't make them very often. You know, yeah. not that I, I think know. It's intimidating. Of. I mean, you kind of yeah. touched on it in the very beginning. Totally. Yeah, like your mom make. You said your mom made them at home. Yeah. I think that was the first instance I've heard of that. Really? Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, she did, and we just got them right out of the pot. I don't remember it being that much work, and uh, you know, here I am, however many years later. <laughs> now, did she give you a disclaimer about the? Uh, I mean, is it the heart? It's the heart of the artist. I mean, what's the? The proper name for that. Is that the heart that what? you take out? I think it's called the choke. The choke. Okay. The choke. So she just gives you a disclaimer about it. You know, hey, don't don't eat that. Yeah, and... don't eat that. And, you know, see, when you get it, when you get to the end of your artichoke, you got, you know, just the choke part. And then I should check that. That's what I call it. I don't know if it's that you call that. And then you but they got, get what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, and then you get, you know, the heart around it. So show me how to get in there with a spoon. And that's a little messy, but, like, it's really, you know. Life gets harder than cleaning artichokes, I think. So, boom, boom, boom. That's what we're going for, and that's how you get it at the hatch. Just like that, man. Just like that. So, grilled lemon if you desire. A little sesame, soy aioli. Grilled artichoke, and these are big, beautiful artichokes. You know, that's like, uh, that's almost a meal in itself. And so, each one that you go for, you pull the leaf off there. I just dip it in the, in the aioli. Little bite off, off just the Just pull stem. the tip off. Okay. You know, when I describe it, I describe it as like eating crab. You know, you gotta, there's a fair amount of work for just that little nibble, but you get to the it's heart worth it, right? at the end, and yeah. it's really worth it. Once you get end. to that heart, man. Yeah. I mean, even the leaves, the leaves taste great too. Do you mind if I get in there? Heck yeah, yeah, yeah no, they're all yeah. yours. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just little, little nibbles, and you toss it, little nibbles, and you toss it until you get down to the bottom, and I think. It's fun, you know, when I do, I've done it a few times, I'll do it with something like crab, where like the point of it, of dinner, is getting in there with your hands and dipping and getting messy, and you know, it's kind of fun. Kind of a little precursor yeah. to it? Totally. Um, so just real quick, where could somebody at home buy buy some artichokes? I mean, I know I've seen them at Costco. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, feel like Smart Final probably yeah, sells them. they're in almost every grocery store. Especially uh, here, right? Yeah, in California, you can usually find them anywhere you go. They got them at the farmer's market. Periodically, there's a gentleman there that grows asparagus and artichokes, and you know he has them, and I think he grows them locally, and he has them for sure later in like fall, October, and then <clears throat> like before summer, around uh, springtime, I think is when he harvests his, and he's got globes and he's got babies, um, but they're anywhere, you know. If you, you know, it's, you don't, I don't hear about people cooking them and making them and eating them very often, but they're yeah. very available. Yeah. So. Cool, man. Yeah. I dig it. Great, you know, great recipe. Great, easy to follow, like you said. I think people should people should try it out at home. Let us know how they how they you know how they came out. Totally. Especially if you tried out the aioli. I mean, kudos to you guys. <laughs> yeah, you can, yeah, no, you know, it's uh, 
I wanted to sneak that AOE in there for those uh, that wanted to take it a step further, but like I said, some kind of jarred mayonnaise with soy sauce and uh, sesame oil yeah. was totally sufficient. Cool, man. It's grilled, not grilled, totally sufficient. I just, I just suggest that people become less intimidated about it. Go out and try this awesome vegetable side dish, you know, whenever you can. Cool. And if you guys do, I mean, come by, stop by the hatch, let them know. Yeah, yeah. come by and let me know or come in and try ours. Yeah. We'll do the work Even for better, you. Right? <laughs> Sweet, dude. Thanks, brother. Yeah, you got it. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate it. Amber, do you want to come try it? Well guys, great interview, tasty artichokes, some good aioli, what more could you ask for? Thanks again to Chef Corey and The Hatch. Uh, put links to his social media, links to The Hatch, located in the description. Uh, set up a reservation, go check him out, tell Corey I said hi. And if you like the podcast, please subscribe, comment, share it with your friends. Thanks guys.